Mas nos before you die. Hello? Hi. Is this Nia? Yeah. I'm you 50 years from now. You are really, really old and about to die. We are trying to simulate your brain in a virtual reality. All of your memories are there already, but I'm having trouble making decisions like you do, especially around moral judgments. So I wanted to call you and pick your brain a little bit. Is this a prank call? But then you sound exactly like me. Don't worry, it's routine at this point, in the time I'm in now. I'm basically just you, I have your memories from all the years that you've lived. I'm trying to build uh, my personality to be more like you. You know, morality and decision making. And I'm having conversations with different versions of you, past and future. This will help me organize your brain and beliefs so that I can become closest to the real version of you that can exist forever. You kind of sound like an old telephone though. This is actually the best thing. It's a revolutionary technology to talk to anyone in any space and time. Time travel has proven to be very difficult. You cannot deconstruct yourselves and put them back together a second later, so I cannot come and see you in person. Hmm, I don't know. This sounds a bit unsettling. I'm honestly fine with not existing forever. And it's just creeping me out how you sound like me. Copying somebody else's voice is actually a relatively easy thing to do with technology, even at your time, no? But it's no reason to freak out. The more you talk to me, the more you'll feel we're almost the same person. Kind of like the conversations in your head. The version of you, some years from your time, what is it like, 2022? Yeah, some years from then, you'll actually will come around to this idea of having a representation of you forever online. This call itself is going to be pretty light, nothing you don't know. I, I just want to have like a, a deeper uh, conversation with you. Okay, let's try it then. Okay, so... I've noticed how you make decisions, especially, is so difficult to understand. You're not even a little bit rational. And I don't mean this to be offensive. It's not just you. It's all humans. Even when solvable with a simple math, you guys are just held back by your emotions and guilt and whatnot. But without it, the virtual version of you will be too perfect. And the right choice is always predetermined and the same for everyone. And that way there will be no difference between two people. Part of what makes you unique is how you make decisions and your preferences, your morality, some things that you think are correct and not. So without it, basically, there is no difference between this me that just has your memories but cannot really make decisions like you do. You said you have questions for me? So, this, this famous dilemma about the chain that goes without a break for some reason. And there are five people tied to, to the rail. And all you can do is switch. But if you switch, 
There is one person tied to the rail, and he will die. And if you continue, five people will die. My programmer asked me to solve this problem, and of course I chose saving five people over one. But apparently, most people choose to do nothing? I mean, we rationally know that saving five people and killing one is better than the alternative. But when we have seconds to decide, it really feels wrong to do something and kill a person than doing nothing and letting five people die. I mean, people die every day and it's not really in our hands. It's kind of fate. But once you switch the brakes, then you do something to the guy who wouldn't have died otherwise. It's kind of like it's on your hands. Most people, if you give them a day to think about it, they would choose to save five people. But if they have to decide on the spot, then it's an instinct, you know? I don't understand. What is this instinct that you talk about? Well, we can't make each new decision every time from scratch. That would take too much brain power. And we can't really think that fast anyway. We're taught since we are young what's right and wrong and we practice to make decisions our entire lives. So when it comes to it, we follow our hearts. And most times it's right. It keeps you safe. You see someone you taught was dangerous and you run. And most times it is the correct one. We evolved to think like this. Okay. And um, is that different from following your emotions? Well, instinct is what allows you to make decisions fast. But I read this research that basically all our decisions are made from emotions. That is, even when we think we're being so rational, in reality, our decisions have already been made in the first couple of seconds and we're just rationalizing them afterwards but this research i just read you probably wouldn't know about it if you have all my memory right so i'm just telling you things that you already know oh girl i don't remember the things you read 50 years ago but yeah i can technically consume any knowledge in milliseconds but I just want to hear your thoughts and how your brain works. Okay, but uh, that is exactly what I mean. I cannot remember the things I read years ago. But our emotions, I remember how I felt some years ago. Our emotions are a lot more memorable than any of the facts or data we consume. And because of that... Our brain has just evolved to trust and notice emotions more, whether it's choosing where to go, our first impressions, even things that are not supposed to be personal and rather rational, like investing. People just think they reasoned well to make their decisions, but in reality, people with high IQ are just really good at justifying the decisions that, that they have already made. Has it been like this since you were born? Did you always know what's moral or not or how you feel in your emotional associations? Actually, I don't remember anything under the age of three or four. 
Oh, yeah, I have it. What do you have? Your memories, our memories. From the moment you were born, some things are just in your subconscious, but I have them accessible now. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure you'll have access to it too at some point. I mean, obviously you will in the future. But so, what can you remember? Well, I can't really pinpoint the first moment I made of a moral decision. But as you know, I spend a lot of time with kids for my job. And even toddlers know that harming other people or other creatures. Like pushing them or biting them is wrong. Some kids under three, maybe like once in a while, bite others just to test the limits. But they quickly understand that it is wrong. Only psychopaths don't have this innate feeling. Psychopaths learn to live in society by reasoning their way from what they learn and see in their environment, and instead of feeling. Babies, on the other hand, feel when something is wrong, even if they haven't developed the ability to reason yet. Okay, so harming others is wrong. I get it. I mean, I kind of knew that before. But um, how do you explain deeming something immoral, even if nobody is harmed? So, okay, get this story. This is one of the tests our programmers give us to help us think like humans. So there's this guy. He lives alone. Nobody sees what he's doing, and he buys a chicken to cook for Christmas, like many people do. But before he puts it in the oven, he has intercourse with it. Is that right or wrong? What kind of question is that? That is disgusting. Nobody does that, and I don't think anyone would do that. Why? But where does this feeling of disgust and wrongness come? Nobody is harmed, not environmentally, not physically. Which rule is broken? I mean, I don't think you should go to jail or anything. It's just. It's not a crime, but maybe he should go to hospital. Um, I guess it doesn't hurt anybody. The chicken is already dead, so he might do as he pleases, I guess. But it really feels so wrong. Maybe it's because it defies some rule on dignity and purity. Even to those that are not religious, but you know what? In religious society, he would actually be punished for this, probably. But in a more liberal societies, it's more like that's a weird thing to do. But we'll just leave him alone, you know, just a weirdo. Okay, so religious societies. This was like one of the things I don't understand. Why would they punish this act that harms no one, but it's okay to kill and eat a chicken, for example, that is technically a living thing and closer to us? Well, religions are not really about being completely rational or believing in supernatural. As most people think, it's more about 
having a functional society that follows certain rules and does things that benefit society. And for a long time, that has worked. And it's still now, it works in some ways. I mean, religious people do tend to donate a lot more to the church, but also privately to others. And if you think someone is watching you at all times, you are less likely to lie and cheat. And religious people do tend to stay in marriages longer, which are all the values that are important. Uh-huh, okay. Why do some people accept that and follow the rules and preach it to others and others kind of diverge from it even when they were surrounded by it when they grow up i mean is that something they're born with i mean i was raised in one of the most christian lands on the planet um and i do like the idea of higher being but there are some things I just cannot get myself to believe, you know? I was looking this up the other day. And some of it is nurture. But a lot of it is also nature. You know how I was telling you that babies are born with some morality? Like, we shouldn't hurt others? Some other things, they just learn after they're born. For example, if a parent or teacher makes a rule that we don't talk when we eat, and this is repeated, They'll see it as wrong if somebody talks while eating. But if we ask them, what if an adult allows this? Then they say, okay, then a parent or a teacher says it's okay, then it's okay. It's only in puberty that we start rationalizing why something is wrong or right and making new rules. And till then, we're just accepting the guidelines we're given. Some of it is in our personality, though. You know, the big five of personality? Uh, tell me about it. Okay, the first one is extroversion and introversion. This is how energized you are by the company of others. And the second one is conscientiousness, which is a difficult word to say for me, which is how organized and goal-oriented you are. Agreeableness is the third one, which is your willingness to trust and cooperate with others. Neuroticism is how susceptible you are to negative emotions like anxiety, mood swings, etc. And the last personality trait is openness, openness to new experience. And this is the, the most important trait to learn new guidelines and to hear other people and change your mind. How open you are, for the most part, is considered to be something that you're born with. And how open you are to experience is what defines how progressive you are. People that are low in openness are conservatives. And they see things that diverge from religious or, or common ways of living as immoral or wrong. And... People that have high openness tend to identify more as liberal. They define morality as inclusion, kindness, acceptance, owning your body, etc. And this was seen in literally the construction of your brain. Greater openness 
is associated with increased gray matter volume in the anterior cortex, whereas if you are more conservative, it is associated with increased volume in the right amygdala. And this is very hard to change. That's why we are having constant debates on what is moral, what is not, what's right, what's not, who to vote for politically. And we always see the other side as more, you know, people that are either morally compromised or not very intelligent. That's why political parties are finding it so difficult to find a common ground. They're coming from completely different values. If you're conservative, you might think abortion is wrong because it's clearly frowned upon in religion or the values of family and all the argument from someone who believes deciding what to do with your own body makes no sense to you. You value loyalty to the ideas of society and not really individual rights. Even if there is a huge part of this that we are born with, it's also it also has a lot to do with our environments. People that are raised and taught to think more openly will be open to more ideas, to more feelings, to hearing out people who think differently from them. Whereas even if you are naturally more open, if you are raised in a very secluded religious area, you might think there might be something wrong with the way the people around you think, but it still would be difficult for you to access new information. Yeah, tell me about it. Even now, 50 years later, the humans cannot agree with the basic political and moral decisions. Oh, you're still having pro-choice and pro-life debates? I mean, no, technology helps us way before it gets to that point now. Our debates are more if poor people deserve to go to Mars or whether or not cloning beautiful babies is ethical or not. That does not sound to be the kind of debate I want to be included in. By the way, all this talking is making me hungry. Um, I'm gonna go eat. You and your fragile skin suit needs. I think I got enough information to process for now. Maybe I call you some other time? Okay, yeah, this has been a weird experience. Okay, tschüss! Wow, you know all my languages. Not just your languages. I know all the languages in this universe. Then I